and gentlemen and creatures in between, welcome to podcast number 18 of Scrap Metal. I am your host, Metal Matty. To my right, my co-host, Mellow Matty. How are you, sir? Good evening, Metal. Hello, everyone. I'm doing very well. <laughs> yes, you are. You look rather well this evening as well, darling. Well, we're both rested. Yeah, we are. This is what, Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. We are rested. We are ready to do this. We got our heads on straight. Yeah. More so than ever, I believe. I don't even remember doing last week's podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded good when I listened back. It did. But, and, and we've gotten a lot of uh, good you know, responses yet, a lot of downloads. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Definitely. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. We just got to keep rolling with the punches. We're not going to be on our A game all the time. No. No. Right? If we even have an A game. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I feel like I bring my A game constantly. We try. But maybe last week was probably like my B-plus game. <laughs> yeah. And yours was probably like your B-minus game. It's good to be like tired and punchy, but when you're just exhausted and you, you, don't you can't wanna, even form words. You don't want to do it sometimes. No, no it's like, you, but, you know, Well, I always want to do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. of course. Right. In that sense, I mean, I'm obviously, I've always wanted to do this podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like your body's <laughs> saying, you know, no. Right. Your mind's like kind of saying yes but it's also saying no and it's they're fighting each other it's yeah. an eternal struggle every but hey, every word is a struggle and every word is yeah yeah <laughs> see i got gotcha. you we're here we're doing it we're here for our viewers and our listeners we're gonna bring the heat tonight um tonight's podcast is very special to both of us yes. especially you yeah um we're doing uh stri- strictly on the beastie boys yes i love the beastie boys you love the beastie always boys. love the beastie boys and they just like they they just i think they're the king of beats man their beats yeah. still hold true to this day. They're still fire. They can still hold up to any beats that are current today. And, you know, honestly, a lot of these beats today are just some, – some are really – don't get me wrong. I don't listen to much hip-hop, but when I do come across a hip-hop song, I always tend to listen to the beat first. Yeah. Because the lyrics to me are just fucking stupid. Yeah. It's all about hoes, clubs, right. money, gold chains, hoes, in clubs. The, and the Beasties were the opposite of Total that. Total opposite. They yeah. were legit real life. Like right. NWA, right. You know, early Snoop Dogg, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Grandmaster Flash, Run DMC, LL Cool J. But, so their stuff can hold up today to the current beats. Even oh, to, completely. Even at last or even play the current beats in my mind. That's just my opinion. I just feel like the Beastie Boys being three white Jewish boys from uh, New York City. <laughs> New York. You know, it's just, you know, unbelievable. I know. But, you know, it's it, it really shows how yeah. they've held up. And they've been gone for 10 years now, and they yeah, won't be coming Adam, back. Yeah, after Yawk passed. Right, Mr. MCA. Yawk passed cancer. Right, about 10 years you know, ago rest now. Rest in peace. Yeah. Far but, too early. Well, way far too early. Yeah, but before we get into that, we get some... Uh, what are we doing? What do we music, always do? A little music news? Our music news tidbit extravaganza! I'm doing the teletype machine. The old school teletype thing from the 70s. So, tonight's music news, we're going to solely focus on one topic, and we're going to talk about that this past Friday, September 10th, Metallica released their full catalog of the Blacklist album, their remastered Black Album Deluxe album, and the remastered original version of all 12 songs of the Black Album. That's a lot of Metallica. And it's a lot of Metallica and a, and a lot of digest in a week, a whole weekend, but I haven't got to digest all of it because I'm still listening to all the you know, cover tracks that all these artists, various artists yeah. came about and did it. Yeah. You know, some are great, some are eh, and some are like, what the fuck were they thinking? Yeah, how many songs total on I think the Deluxe? 54, no, I think 54 on the Blacklist album, which is all the covers. Okay. On the deluxe remastered version of the Black Album, there's 193 tracks, but a lot of it's live stuff. Okay, from like the from Moscow, from like that you saw on Binge and Purge, right? And some stuff from like Japan live, you know, Germany live, um, Af- uh, South America live from the, the 90s, like yeah. when they were in their you know, their prime, right? You know, when James was still a raging alcoholic, when he was a fucking <laughs> yeah. hell of a music songwriter because he was drunk all the time before some kind of monster. Yeah, he got seriously, all, yeah. yeah, we know about that. Any a lot of outtakes? Yeah, there's a lot okay, of like demos. Demo, yeah, a lot okay. of demos, which I love because I too, yeah. you want to hear the rough edit versions. Those are always cool. See, like, like you can hear the, the you can hear Bob Rock saying one, two, oh, three, okay. and then they break into the song, right. or he, he, you can hear him fidgeting with the controls like of the keyboards and the right. soundboards. It's really cool. Yeah, and I, like I said, I have so there's so much to digest and listen to. Yeah, so it's gonna take me a, a good month or two to get really get through everything. And I like to listen to a song two or three times yeah. to really get the full grasp. Do you do the headphone thing? I do the headphones right. and I also do it in my car because I can really okay. blast it. Right. 
because I have a sound system in my truck. Yeah. So I have to you know, blast that too to really get the full effect. Right. So needless to say, uh, track three from the Blacklist album is Ghost's rendition of Ender Sandman. And I've probably listened to that about maybe 20 times already, oh, and it's fantastic. It's a haunting reimagining of Ender Sandman. It's typical Ghost, typical Tobias Forge. It's, it's perfect yeah. in my mind. Right. It's just perfect. And, and Tobias's voice is, is made for a song like that to make it creepy and eerie and, like I said, haunting. Atmospheric. Atmospheric. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Have you heard all the covers? I have. Okay. Actually, that's one album I got, like I said earlier, like a minute ago, I haven't got through all of them fully. I've got through the whole album of the Blacklist, the, 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 um, you know, the covers, mm. but there's a few that I've listened to maybe a minute and I jump to the next one, and a minute, maybe listen to a couple minutes and I jump to the next one. Yeah. There's a lot of them I heard that came up, you know, they've been sporadically released through the past couple of months. Yeah. Like the right. Miley Cyrus and Elton John and Yo-Yo Ma version of Nothing Else Matters came out, I want to say, maybe early July. Yeah. So that's been out for a while. Right. So I've heard that a, few, a lot of times. But I mean, like I said, there's so much to digest. If you're a Metallica fan, whoever's a Metallica fan that listens listening to us out there, it's definitely a must-listen to, a must-grab. If you want to buy the whole block, I think if you want to buy the physical deluxe box and hold it in your hand, it's like $240. You can order it on the Metallica website. You can get it at your local you know, yeah. Newberry Comics or right. record store if you still have record stores in your local towns or cities. Yeah. Um, but I have the digital catalogs. I got it through my Apple Music. What did that cost? It's ten dollars a month. So oh, I see. I get oh, all that okay. shit right. for. You get the access I get all yeah. that shit That's for true. ten dollars. Yeah, but then again, I don't have access to have those six DVDs and all yeah. show live footage of the concerts at Moscow in the nineties. Yeah. And the, you know, and the other other yeah. material. Yeah. So I, I think I might have to actually buy the box. Yeah, the so physical, I can have the right the, the live DVDs because I love shit like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I That's just collected. I, I adore stuff. it. Right. Yeah, so it's all Metallica now. It's, everything's, uh, yeah, this is like the week of, last week was the week of Metallica. They were on Kimmel, they, they were did, on yeah, Stern. Yeah, they were on Stern, Kimmel, Stern Thursday, Friday was Kimmel. Um, and I stayed up, I mean, it was local time, it was what, 12.30. 12.30, yeah. And it was, what, they were out there 9.30 in uh, California, they did the show earlier. But uh, going back to the Stern uh, segment, yeah, um, they had a. It was uh, they performed in studio with Miley Cyrus, they did Nothing Else Matters. And, you know, during, before they performed the song, uh, Howard Stern had a little surprise right. for the boys in Metallica, right. and uh, the one and only Sir Elton John yes. zoomed in from all his from his lovely uh, mansion out there in London. Yeah, uh, and he uh, gave such high praise, heaping praise, like yeah, heaping like above and beyond gigantic what you thought he would say. Right, massive praise yeah. to the boys, especially James, because James is the one who wrote "Nothing Else Matters," and we watched it right a little bit. Yeah, I did see a little bit. And yeah. James uh, mentioned in the in the in the interview. To Stern asked, obviously asked the questions. You know, at first, James was very ashamed and very embarrassed of the song because Metallica never wrote a love song. No. And that's, like, and that's their love song. Yeah. That's their swung song love song, right? so to speak. And James was, was kind of ashamed by it. And he even mentioned, James was, I was embarrassed. He went to Lars first with it, right? Yeah, and, he went to Lars first. Like, hey, do you think we can pull this off? Like, I'm kind of embarrassed about it because we're the almighty Metallica. We're right. strong. We're like made of stone. Nothing yeah. can break us. Nothing can hurt us. And this was still early. This wasn't like five years ago or 10 years ago. This, this was, was 1990 because ago. the album came right. out in 99. Right. No, I'm sorry, 91. So the this was in nine, July of 90 when they were going through all the right. editing and putting the songs on tracks. Coming off of the greatest metal album of all time. No, no, we already know. We're not doing this bullshit again. We all know. We all know who Master Puppets. Okay, <laughs> that's what I meant. I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't say anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You meant Master Puppets. You chooch. Fucking. Chooch. It's one A, one B. Yeah, whatever. Yes. Fine. We'll leave it at that. One A, Master Puppets. Yeah. But that's fine. <laughs> we'll give you that. Going back to that, this was like before the album was obviously fully produced, fully mixed, fully engineered, all that bullshit, and then set out to the public in 91 yeah. so James was skeptical yeah he was like hey Lars do you think we can pull this off right because Metallica never did anything like that no come on you have songs like Creeping Death <laughs> I, I mean Fade to Black is right. the probably prior to that was probably their most melodic slowest song or like or like Orion or yeah, something it was a, which I mean, was instrumental, just instrumental was right. to live is let die it was classical sounding but it wasn't like tender and emotional no, exactly. no right it would yeah so James was like oh, yeah and so of course uh, during the uh, interview Zoom with uh, Sir Alton, uh, he said to uh, the boys and Miley that this is one of the best songs ever written, not yeah. just for Metallica, but in, in, as, in general, right. of all bands and artists around the world and country. <laughs> he meant as a, this song was one of the best songs ever, ever written. Right. And coming and, from Elton John, who's written his fair share of amazing melodies. Songs. Yeah, just... And no, I mean, look, 
I'm not ashamed to admit you. Yeah. Are. Elton yeah. John is a hell of a musician. I love Elton John. I like him I too. Love Elton John. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. And for him to say that to a band that I grew up idolizing and yeah. loving, and my first band I ever got into was Metallica, obviously. Right. And for him to say that, it really hit me too. It's like, wow, I. And, and did you see James' reaction? Teary eyed. They, they zoomed right in on him. And yeah. he, he really wanted to ball and he saw, did. but he, he kept it together he for the most part. And you see when. You know, Lars reached over and grabbed James and kind of like shook his yeah, thigh and was like, yeah. we got this, bro. We got this, buddy. We got this. It really is really heartwarming. It's really a really good watch. Because I think James is an emotional guy. He is. I think so. Well, with something, just showing that he can write something like nothing else matters. Yeah. Exactly. Now, that's about a girl. It was. A, it's a, an old girlfriend, I think. Right? I believe so. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a love song. There's an old Stern interview from like 2013, and, and Stern kind of kiddingly said, do you think maybe it's about a love song to Lars? And they kind of laughed, but James was like, well, maybe. Maybe that stuff was working in his head, too. You know, Not a love song, but like a, a brotherhood song. Yeah, I know. You know I what know what I mean? you mean. And like that song has just transcended everything. It, like Hetfield was saying that on that previous, you know, people use it at weddings and stuff. It's they become, do? Like, yeah. It's yeah. amazing because I, I, my sister thought about using that song at her oh, wedding. Oh, did she? And I okay. was like, they're like, eh, no, they went a different route. Yeah. But it needed here than there. But at the same time, it's like that song is used many, many times at weddings around the universe. Oh, yeah. Because it is a, yeah, it's a, it's a sentimental, universal sentiment. Yeah, her. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just basically what, I'm, what we're trying to promote here is just, if you haven't checked it out yet, yeah. go download it on iTunes, get iTunes, go to Spotify, go to your local re- record store, buy it, grab it, do what you got to do with it, I don't care, listen to it, it's worth the, worth the check out, go to YouTube, check it out, whatever you got to do. It's definitely worth it. It's uh, Metallica, just you know, giving the world its you know. And they played music. And then on Kimball, they played at the Griffith Observatory, yes, which where was I very was. cool. Yeah, you great been there. place. I was yeah. there in June. That for, place is beautiful. Uh, for a couple yeah, hours, I've never taking been there, pictures but... and walking around. It's beautiful. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was. They played. They only played one song. They played wherever may room, but still a classic. It sounded great. Still a yeah, right? Yeah, you I heard did. it. I did. I watched it. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. And James looked. Badass as usual with his aviator sunglasses on as the twilight sunset was falling in the That's good. He's got like the silver hair now, but it's kind of working. Yeah, like, I think James good. is yeah. looking good. Yeah, he's I think looking, they're I all think looking he's good. the best he's ever looked. Yeah, and, and uh, Hammett's got the long hair. I mean, he's had it for years back now. But he, yeah, yeah, he, he brought looks, it back. Yeah. Like, kind of looks like Carlos Santana now yeah. or something. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a Filipino descendant. His mother was Filipino. Yeah, that's Filipino, right. I right. But yeah, so that's about it on that. I just really wanted to just really clarify that go out and get your Metallica shit get that shit to date get going people listen and, to the Black Album and now we have like the deluxe version of Load and Reload to look forward to next oh, in yeah. a few years I can't wait because that came out in 96 so 2026 will be 20 years right they went 5 or 30 years, years. yeah yeah right? the 30th yeah I don't think it'll get the deluxe no, version no or is it the 30th was, no it'll be 20 so, yeah 2026 it'll yeah. be 20 right yeah. they went 5 years before they came out with that huh well yeah the, yeah well we're gonna talk about the, the band we're talking about tonight had a lot of Long gaps in between albums. Too, yeah, they did. Anyway, yeah, like I mean, I I feel like a lot of bands that do that are you. Hopefully, they're working on their next masterpiece. Yeah. But then when yeah. you wait for a long, like a intervals of long period of time, when you like you know we have to go there, but we have to go there. Yeah. Tool. Of course. It's like come on. The kings of that. The kings of that, no doubt. <laughs> long but waits. We're gonna, now we're gonna talk about Beastie Boys. This is our subject of discussion tonight. Yeah. Maddie, mellow Maddie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me. Tell me what the Beastie Boys mean to you. They were the soundtrack of a mid-twenties Maddie back in the day. But it started before that, in the 80s when they came out. They started off as a hardcore band. In 79 to 81, I yeah, think. Yeah, late 70s. Yeah, uh, 79. So, you know, we, I think everyone knows, but Mike D, Mike Diamond, Michael Diamond, Ad Not Rock. Not to be confused with Dustin Diamond. <laughs> no, any relation, but rest in peace. Who knows, yeah. Poor, poor Screech. I know. <laughs> Screech Powers we lost. a 10-inch cock. <laughs> yeah. Did he? Is that true? Yeah, that's I know. The that was the rumor, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's all right. right. I always get off subject. Yeah. No, it's all right. We need a tribute to Screech. <laughs> yeah, Screech says 10-inch cock. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? I know. Bigger than Slater. <laughs> <laughs> AC Slater. AC Slater. I love it. Hey, Mario Lopez is still doing his thing, man. Yeah, he's still what, on the... Uh, one of those extra, fucking shows. Extra. extra. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That's yeah, with funny. his dimples. Yeah. Someone shot him in the face with a BB gun. Yeah, and it stuck there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, go ahead. But yeah, um, uh, Ad-Rock, Adam Horvitz, and MCA, Adam but, Yauk. But they were, who rest, who's passed on yeah, as well from Cancer Rest in Peace. Right. But uh, was Adam Yauk one of the original members or no? 
Uh, I think he came in later he on. He was. So Mike Diamond formed um, the Young Aborigines. Which was the original band name. Yeah. Because they were hardcore punk. Right, said. right. With um, this guy, John Berry, who just passed away a few years ago. He was from Newburyport. I'd forgotten this. And he died in Danvers. Really? He was a guitarist for the Young Ab- Ab- Aborigines. Yeah, it was interesting. Died of dementia at 52, which is kind of strange. You're approaching that, my friend. I, I, I'm approaching. I think I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> You're right, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> Call you the wrong name. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> that was great. But uh, yeah, so Mike D formed it, and uh, he was friends with um, with MCA. So uh, one of the bassists left or something. MCA came yeah, the in to play left. bass. Mike, yeah, Mike something Shankler Scheffler. Was it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Scheffler. Scheffler, Scheffler, yeah, something, something like that. that. Yeah, Fuck. yeah. And uh, the uh, the other guitarist was Kate Schellenbach, who was the one girl in the group, and she went on. Uh, to Luscious Jackson, you remember them in the nineties? Luscious they, Jackson. They had some hits, yeah. They had some hits, all girl group. But um, so yeah, they were, you know, hardcore band. So they're all New York kids, pretty well off too. Um, oh, it was um um Shatton. Shatton, yeah, yeah, and Yawk replaced them on bass, right? And he came band. in on bass, and then so they were a hardcore band in the eighties. But they always liked hip hop. I think in one of the in um in Root Down, I think like. Uh, Mike D shouts out all the uh, hip hop groups he used to hear early, and this was like early '80s with that whole like graffiti scene. He'd be like doing homework on the train, and he'd hear like you know hip hop and the boomboxes. Grandmaster stuff. Flash, yeah, Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel, and like yeah, early stuff like that. And um, so they always liked it, but they never really played it. And then um, so in the '80s, you had them like opening for bands like Bad Brains and, and so Madonna. Yeah, well, that would that would be a little later. It was eighty five. So then they, um, the uh, Cookie Puss, Cookie Puss was their first locally successful hit, right. in New York City in that right. era. In that kinda, era, like you know, Jersey stuff like that. Yeah, all like lo-fi stuff. And they, you, uh, you're a big fan of the of the track Cookie Puss. I love Cookie Puss. I remember. Do you want to tell our listeners what that you know a little bit about that? Well, Cookie Puss was like just something they did as a goof. It's kind of like a comedy thing. They did it. They it was a crank call. I think it might have been. It was probably Mike D called into uh, some local station. Yeah, or? it was. Car- it was. Remember, Carvel was the uh, ice cream. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they yeah. had cookie. I am Cookie Puss. Carvel ice cream. Yeah, they had Fudgy yeah. the Whale and Cookie Puss. We had Carvels around here. We still do. Do we still have? Not them? like the, we. Have, they sell them in local supermarkets. Oh okay. Not the okay. actual like stores. They used to have you know, actual stores. stores. Yeah, yeah, they were ice cream cakes. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah and they stuff. Had, and they had commercials. I love ice cream around cake. here. I love Carvel's ice cream. Oh, I'm yeah. not gonna afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. I love Carvel ice cream. But the they, we had these commercials on in the early '80s. The guys that sounded like this, Carvel. Get, get you come down and get your cookie puss. He had this real like <laughs> awful voice. I think it was out of New get York. Your but, cookie puss. Yeah. So they what called in. They called in and cranked them. Like and some it's girl just, had a cookie pussy. <laughs> yeah, 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 really. Like, what the fuck? But it's I think cookie pussy means like mouth, like the pussy. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he looked like Yeah, I'm cookie puss. Yeah, they. Yeah, so it was basically a crank call set to music, but it was kind of became like an underground hit. I remember listening to it with, with my sister. My, my sister would like love the early Beastie Boys, so that reminds me of like, you know, early stuff when I was like twelve or thirteen. But anyway, they met. Um, they met Ad Rock. He was playing uh, for a group called the Young and the Useless. Yes, sir. And he so he joined them. And then, so they were kind of screwing around with little low, you know, little uh, independent stuff. And then they met up with um, Rick Rubin, which was a, a fateful meeting. And from, he wasn't as big as he was. As no, he wasn't he, at all. He was, they were, he was like an, and, N, he was an NYU student. And let's just put this out there just to make people realize how big Rick Rubin is. He's worked with people like Jay-Z and Kanye West. Oh, and uh, also, Rick, I think Metallica back in the day for a little bit. Have you seen the new? The He's new, just a pioneer of that kind of. And any kind of music. He just knows how to make it fit. Oh, yeah. And how he started off was just very humble, you know, kind of goofy, you know, back just then. Just nothing. He wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was just something that, you know, like you said, it was humble. Yeah, it was it kind fell of upon on his whim. lap. Yeah. On a whim, yeah. Right. Have you seen the new, uh, there's a new Hulu documentary with Paul McCartney, and it's just Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney in a studio. I've heard of it, never oh, seen it. It's great. Even it's if you Hulu? don't love the Beatles, he just talks about all, he's got Beatles stories, they just go over certain songs. It's like an eight-part series on Hulu. I would definitely check it out. It's awesome. Okay, sounds good. Awesome. And Rick Rubin is just like a, like a zen master. He's like, at this point, he's like Mr. Meditation. He just looks like a guru. But anyway, they met a very young Rick Rubin, and they actually hired him as a DJ for their live shows. 
and then he started uh, started working with them. And he hated them at first. Really? Yeah, he thought they were all arrogant. He met Mike first. He said, I thought he was an arrogant asshole. Though through spending time with the Beasties, I grew to see that they had this great sense of humor. So, and then the other part of Def Jam was Russell Simmons, of course. Oh, yeah, he's Russell still... Simmons, right. Oh, yeah. Right. Who's... Uh, his brothers in Run DMC, right? That's uh, Daryl. Daryl McDaniel's, yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but back to the right. Beastie Boys aspect. So this was early on. Um, so the first song they did was "Ever Hear Rock Hard." Yes, it, it samples it, uh, "Back in Black." Meh, so it never got released. Meh, they, meh, yeah, yeah, it didn't yeah. ever get released. Yeah. But it's funny because ACDC didn't want them to. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah of course, bon- imagine because uh, yeah. I know that at that time, uh, Johnson, Brian Johnson was the lead singer. He came into yeah. that. That was his first album, I think, Back right. in Black. So it's funny because I know um, Adam Yock was stated that Barry was the guy who wanted the name Beastie well, Boys. Well, that's the other thing too. So they, he came up with a name. Yeah, he's um, the one that created the name. Do you know what Beastie Beasties? Boys. So the Beasties is an acronym for something. It's boys entering anarchistic states toward inner excellence. But they said they kind of came up with that after the fact. Yeah, I think I read that somewhere, but I honestly yeah. forgot it until you said that. Right. But what a cool states name, towards though. inner excellence, yes. Yeah. They, but they kind of said they, they came up with that after the fact. But yeah, John Barry, I think, is kind of the unsung like... But did you mention that you know, they supported bands like the Bad Brains, yeah. Dead Kennedys, when, also the Misfits? Yeah, they did, yeah. Yeah, Glenn Danzig and the Misfits. Right. The was Danzig still in there? Yeah, he was still there at that point. He, had did, he did leave at some point in, in form. Had it been the early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was 81 or 82. Because they were strictly a hardcore band, you know, played instruments. But then you had this burgeoning, like, hip-hop scene coming up, and you couldn't really uh, deny it, you know? It was here to stay. Right. And that's honestly, to me, when, you know, hip-hop, R&B was at its... Best. I, lo- I love the early like, stuff. Who, I mean, even in the early '90s, you know, going to like you know the south, you know West Coast East Coast battles, right, right. that was one that was at its best. Right. But you know, Beastie Boys are big players in it, and yeah. no one thought three Jewish boys no. from fucking New York City, right, from Brooklyn, New York City, were gonna make it and <laughs> make it in a rap like a black man's game. Let's just be honest. Who would have thought? Let's be honest. Right. Right. So anyway, they um yeah they opened for uh like uh. Public Image Limited, and then the big get was uh, Madonna in 1985, yeah, the Virgin Tour, uh, and they still hadn't had an album at that point. I think they were starting to work on, of course, License to Ill, which was their debut. That was the Def Jam years. Def, sorry, Def yes, Jam Def years. Jam. Yep, early Def Jam stuff. So yeah, that was the first first stuff that uh, Rick Rubin was. I think Rick uh, Rock Hard was his only the second song that he produced. And you mentioned that Rick Rubin thought that Mike was an arrogant prick or he thought, asshole yeah, or something right, like that. Right, right. I think they all were like, you know, you come from New York, you think you know, you know, you come from a little money too. Because Ad-Rock, uh, Adam Horowitz, his father was a playwright. So they all were pretty well off. You can imagine they were pretty, uh, you know, New Yorkers can get a <laughs> pretty... Uh, oh, I know. You know. But yeah, but so... Um, so yeah, License to Ill comes out November fifteenth, nineteen eighty six, iconic, and was huge right away. Got to fight for your right to party. It's true. Well, yeah, to everyone, everyone should know that song. Wait, what a great album cover! The plane crashing into the side of the mountains it looks like a joint being, you know. I know, and then it's got the little backwards. If you read it, it says "Eat me" on the on the tail. And it's funny. So you said that even though it was 86 and then you yeah. fast forward to 2000 and we just celebrated. We just, you know, didn't celebrate. We just had the 20th anniversary of 9-11. So like, yeah. since you brought that up, I like to mention that. Well, there's a whole 9-11 thing with the Beasties. I mean, they're New York guys. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, helped, yeah. But, you know, just the fact that you mentioned the plane crashing, then it made me think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think of that. Okay. It made me think. Oh, that's funny. Wow. That tw- I'm sorry. Because today yeah. is what? September 12th. Right. It was September 11th. Wow, so that's interesting. I just want to, you know, since you brought it up, I feel it's, I feel it's only fitting that we take a minute to really. You yeah. know, but on a serious note, yeah. you know, really, I recognize the men and women in the FDNY, the NYPD, and, you know, just volunteers that yeah. really helped save so many lives that day. It could have been a lot worse. Granted, there's over 3,000 people that passed away yeah. in that parish of the, of the world, you know, the Twin Towers. It was still the, the, those courageous efforts of those individuals that saved more lives than it could have, you know, that could have passed. Oh, yeah. I, so, hadn't, I hadn't thought about 9-11 in a while, obviously, this being the 20th. You start to watch. I was kind of getting into videos uh, again. That you, fr- and you gotta admit, you like, get taken right back so to it. 
they get you emotional. They get you upset. Oh, they boy, get you yeah. angry. Yeah. They get you like, what? The, like, yeah. But, you know, I just wanted to take that moment to like, you yeah. know, give my gratitude to the fallen heroes and, and heroes that are alive today that you know made a difference and Be- saved so many lives and, you know, and making this more of an astronomical number than it already is. Astronomical number. I'm sorry. Because I think now they're in the 20th. It's starting to get further and further away. But so people are forgetting. I think the new generation, I don't know. It doesn't. If and rightfully were, so. It doesn't mean much to yeah, someone if, you if were, you're born. If after, you were born. Right. After, you don't you don't know anything no, about it. True. So you got to kind of keep it. In I'm the, assuming yeah. I don't know, but I'm assuming they are teaching. This in history now. Well, who knows? Yeah, I would think. But right? with the education system the way it is. Yeah, uh, I would hope so. But, you know, that's another yeah. discussion yeah. another day on another right. podcast. Maybe our, uh, maybe our sister podcast. Yeah, M&M's Variety Pack. Yeah, sure. We can get, what, a, little po- we can get a little political Did on I just that say one. that? M&M's Variety Pack? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, back to the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, you know, the, to me, those three Jewish boys. Yeah. Really, just put a dent in yeah. there. Made a tra- you know a dent in history for the rap game. Yeah. So, License to Ill comes out in '86. Instant success, huge. '87, huge. Into the next year. Um, Even '88, probably still huge. Oh yeah, right up until the next one. Um, but yeah, that one was. Uh, so, do you remember any of that? We, what, you were no, God, no, you, I was no, two years oh, old. Two, that's right. I always forget oh, how fuck. young you are. I was 13, and I, I didn't. I would get into the Beasties more. I did. Really like it. I loved rhyming and stealing. Well, this is a great title. Well, they, they take Moby Dick drum beat and they combine it with um, Sweet Leaf by uh, by by uh, Sabbath. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what a sample! What a I mean, no sampling. The, the right. sampling in these on these the Beastie Boys was just between the sampling because there's a difference between DJing and sampling, right? And to be able to master both and put those and make such killer fucking tunes and beats and just. Masterpiece songs like it just on the Beasties were great. They take all these like pop culture references. Like my, my favorite line from Ryman and Steelin is, um, "My pistol is loaded. I shot Betty Crocker. Deliver Colonel Sanders down to J. Davy Jones' locker." Yeah, it's like what? They're, it they what, it like, makes no yeah. sense, but it's, it's fucking just, a riot. It's like absurdist, but it's just like it's. And yeah. then if you want to fast forward to like what two thousand one, yeah, whatever it was, twenty two three when they right. did Intergalactic. He was oh, yeah. like my sugar with coffee and cream. It's like, <laughs> yeah. what? But wouldn't it be like I like my I like my coffee with sugar and cream? Right, right. Yeah. Instead of just, put, instead of they use, let's put I like right, my sugar with. Right. Like that is ingenious. It's clever. It's, it's like, witty. Witty. It's, it's perfect. Like, it's that New York kind of like take it's on that New things. York Jew yeah. kind of like yeah perfect just, wit. Right, right. Kind of jaded, but like yeah, jaded charm. Yeah. I love it. But just I remember and, that line yeah. always sticks out to me in that particular song, right, like right. rhyming and stealing. That line you just spoke yeah. of. It's like in any song that you really love, and I love Intergalactic. Yeah, it's a killer that was song great. For yeah. one of you know newer stuff, that right? Put out later songs. Beasties, yeah. But still, like BC Boys were always relevant to the day they stopped. They were, yeah. No matter what, right? If it was ninety eighty one or fucking two thousand seven or right. six, right? You know, and the flow they had, they were always and they were great live. Sick too. fucking Not a lot flow, of hip-hop dude. Grand- Groups of uh, sick fucking flow, just ridiculous. I remember I was supposed to go see the Beastie Boys in, in Rage Against Machine. Oh, that's and then right. I, I think Adam broke his arm. Oh, okay. And then he had to cancel the tour. Oh, okay. Was, he, I don't know over a broken arm. I don't get why. He That's weird. Right. What, what year was this? I want to say two thousand and two. Okay. Two thousand three. Oh wow. So I want to know why a broken arm deterred them from kind of canceling the tour. That's weird. I wonder if, I was going to say maybe his cancer, but that was much later, though. That was like 2009 that he got diagnosed. But uh, yeah, I know. That's kind of strange. I know. Why would you? Yeah. So you never saw, I never saw him, unfortunately. No, it pisses me off because I would have loved to have seen them. But I mean, that's kind of different, too, to have three rappers. You don't see a lot of rap groups with, you know, besides like Wu-Tang, who had like 12. (laughs) And Bone Thugs. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's But those guys were good, though. They They were were. all good in their own right. Right, right. But in terms of white rappers back then, I mean, who did you have? You know, I mean, and then you had a lot of rappers come in the wake of that, like, you know, Ice, (laughs) Vanilla Ice and whatnot. That's right. But yeah, that early stuff. So they really had like a frat boy image back then. A yes. lot of like drink. And on the Madonna tour was pretty notorious. They were like notorious. They had a giant penis, inflatable penis <laughs> in back, and just like constant frat boy stuff. Like, you know, tomfoolery and whatnot. But um So that was huge. So then after that, they um they kinda had a falling out with uh Rick Rubin and Russell Simmons. I guess they they were uh Def Jam wasn't giving them the money. There was some money issues. So they left 
Def Jam, they went to uh, Capitol Records, and they moved out to California. Oh, well, Capitol so, Records, another so, yeah. iconic building the, that I was near and took pictures of. The, that circular building. Yeah, yeah, it's there. I was right there. I walked right by it. It's a big pictures. building? Yeah, it's pretty tall. It's pretty... Uh, you can, it's pretty daunting as you see it from afar. Yeah. But it's it's just still to me like I enjoy music, so of course oh, I had God, to go over there and take a look at the building, take a gander around the property. That's like the Pentagon of like musical. Uh, it is. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. It really is. Yeah. So. So they will go to California. They break ties with uh, you know Def Jam and whatnot, and uh, they start doing a lot of drugs. They start <laughs> smoking a lot of weed. Uh, I know um, Yauk really got into like. You know, hallucinogenics, LSD, and mushrooms and whatnot. They start working on what would become Paul's Boutique, which is which you love. I love it, and it it was it wasn't a commercial. It was it was kind of seen as a failure, like as a follow up. But how could you follow up License to Ill and sell that many? But they started working with these uh, the Dust Brothers. You heard of them? Uh, can't say that I have actually. So they were, they had a record label called Delicious Vinyl, which was um, I love the name. Yeah, Tone Loke was on it, and Young MC. Tone Loke. Yeah. Wow. Thing. Wow. Don't. 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 Wow. Thing. So, but they were these two like like musical nerds, you know, uh, the Dust Brothers, two white guys, and uh, so they started. And it took a while to come out with Paul's Boutique, but um. Just loaded with samples. It's been called the Sergeant Peppers of hip hop. Oh wow! I didn't know that. Which it is. It's it's just layered with like sample upon sample. I think there's in total there's 105 songs sampled. And That's insane. So and back then, right? You didn't sampling. They they're all cleared and they paid for them. But if you made this, if you made Paul's Boutique now, it would cost millions of dollars because that's when like artists started catching on to sampling and they started suing. Yeah. So, you know, now it's like Paul's boutique couldn't be made now. It'd be just be too much. But back then it was and it was yeah. it's uh it's crazy. <laughs> do you like Paul's boutique? I do. I'm not like I not as um well in tune with it no. and, and grasp with it as do you yourself are. a favor, go put the headphones on. I'm have to, yeah, that's something I have to put the yeah. headphones on and put yeah. the beats on and just lo- get lost into it. It wasn't too far removed from license to ill, but you could tell they were going in a new direction. Yeah. You could see like the path what the BCs were going to be in the next few yeah. years after that. That's true. But it wasn't a commercial. But that was the first. Uh, so the Beastie Boy, all the videos after that, they'd be that like fisheye lens where they'd come in. One would rap. He'd come in. and they'd Perfect. Get, like weird like angle and stuff. That was yeah. all planned out accordingly right. and perfectly. Right. And, let, and let's just take a moment to talk about my personal favorite sabotage video. Like not just because I love the song, but it's arguably – the best video, music video of all time. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. you know, I'm and for me to say that it comes because I, you know, me, I'm a huge. Everyone knows that listens to the show. I'm a huge Tool head. Yeah, and Tool has some really great videos, but that fucking sabotage video <laughs> is like four minutes of bliss. The seventies. It is cop show. fucking amazing. Like, like it's so clever. Like an episode of Manic. It is. Yeah. Fucking genius. It is right. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, there's other great videos like Buddy Holly from Weezer's a great video. Right, very clever, very well, witty. Well, that's funny they bring that up. That those are all the same guy. That's Spike Jones. The, yeah, the, Spike, yeah, well, Spike right, Jones is yeah. just so right intelligent when it comes to shit like that. He first started working. I think he got his break with. The, and then uh, he has his Beasties, own video yeah. he did with um, was it I think Christopher Walken. Oh he did yeah, that video with Christopher Walken's right. dancing and he's floating yeah. in the air and was that um, was that Fat Boy Slim? I think that was Fat Boy Slim. I think that yeah. was part of that too. Well, it was, that was a song. Yeah, yeah but yeah. he did the video and helped. Right, I think right. that's part of it. I'm not yeah. sure, but it's part of it. Well, Spike Jones had like a Jackass connection too. Yeah, I think yeah. he still does. Yeah, yeah, yeah and right, I think yeah. the Jackass movie just came out. It's coming out like Jackass Four or whatever the fuck it is now. Yeah. It's so many. It's I know you Jackass that. Forever. Yeah, yeah, I think it's called. I'm kind of intrigued to be honest. Oh, I love I love Jackass too. So. No Bam in this one. Bam wore out Bam as well. Bam can do it. Bam's a mess. They didn't want him. I know. Yeah, he's a mess. Steve-O cleaned up, but Bam hasn't cleaned yes, up. Yes, I saw a, a, a Twitter video or a uh, Instagram video of Steve-O like, like a month ago when he was all cleaned up with glasses and he has like a friend. He has a video podcast. It's in the back of a bus, and he talks to like like famous people. Yeah, he's got a whole video podcast. I know. Great. That's something yeah. that inspired because he's already had the in because he's been in the field and right. people know him. Right. That's something someday that I would like. we're going to be doing. Yeah. Interacting with famous <laughs> yeah. people and talking to them, and, I know, and interviewing them. And yes, we're getting there, people. <laughs> in due time, in due time, it t- we have to start off on the bottom and work our way to the top. We're building That's how this, it goes. We're building empires. We're building this empire. <laughs> That's right. We're building empires before you blink. You know, you once asked me if I was in the drug business or the money business. I say neither. I'm in the empire Fire business. business. 
That's right. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, yeah, we'll see. So, but anyway, let's see what's, um, you know, BC Boys are just iconic uh, bands, yeah. man, that just so have been had, doing uh, their thing for years. And granted, they like they, they dismembered it in 2012 because obviously yeah. MCA passed away. And they mentioned that, you know, they thought about maybe doing well, music. Just, yeah, more music. Without because they thought he would want them to. Then they realized. I think in 2014, they uh, came out and said, um, "No, we, we, they're dismembering." Yeah, and then no more music will come under that name, Beastie Boys, ever again. No, right? Which is sad so. because it I is. Understand. Like it feels like you can kind of almost correlate that to Rush will never be the same and never perform again without Neil Peart. That's interesting, though. I. I agree with that, but I would like to hear them do something because they're both still. I could. They'd be they're great in with, their fifties. They're still yeah, young, yeah. at heart. I think they should do something. I'm. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad they stick to that. But I would like to see how. You know, they still both how, creative how, dudes. How, how badass would it be? But also fucked up would it be if yeah. they did something with uh, Jack Della Roca? Oh, oh yeah, machine. really? <laughs> be yeah, very political yeah. and angry. Yeah, oh god. But yeah. it'd be all about hating right. this country. Right. But at the same time, or Tom Morello or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, you never know. I think they should come. The back boys and do with something. Public Enemy. Yeah, do somebody, something. somebody, or even just to do the two of them. You know what I mean? You can, you could do like a, oh, do like a, a tribute song or something of some kind. Just do put a couple new things out there. Yeah. Don't have to call it Beastie Boys. You can just call, you can call it, it like, something else. Yeah, they should work something together. Simple. Yeah. Have someone produce it? Someone, you know, I could. Get, I don't know if they've ever gotten back with Rick Rubin. I think they have, but there was a early uh, acrimony between them. But yeah, so you had Boss Boutique, and then you know, of course, um, in the '90s. Well, then, then when they came out with um, "Check Your Head" in the '90s, and they started playing their instruments again, and they kind of like attached themselves to that whole like skateboarding thing, snowboarding thing, you know. Uh, check your head was big, huge. Check, check, check your head. Yeah. With uh, so what you want, so what you what you really want, what pa- you want. Pass the mic. Something's got to give. Kind of like had like a '70s like vibe with keyboard. They had money mark on keyboards, and all all kind of stuff. That's like another that. thing. They always had like really tip top musicians. Oh yeah. You know whether it was obviously the DJ, right? Or they you know fill-ins playing the drums, the guitar, like DJ they always, Hurricane. Yeah. yeah. They always had those perfect fill-ins and those perfect people to. Just step in and be like, okay, we're going to keep the BC yeah. boys fucking on their A game yeah. and help them out in a system with their beats and their samplings. and That wah, their, little wah-wah yeah. guitar, wah, 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 scratchy. Wah, 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 yeah, wah. great. Yeah, good stuff, great. man. Yeah. Fucking, okay, I just, like I said, I, it's funny because after you know, talking about this, I'm getting more amped up about the, the subject. And, yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and preach that I know everything, everything and anything about all about the Beastie boys. But, right. you know, it's really, you know, encouraging me to, you know, Take a night this week and just put my beats on yeah. and, and listen to some Beastie Boys you and get should. back in the flack with that you shit. You forget. I haven't listened to them in a Feel while that either. Feel fucking and vibe, yo. Yeah, I used to just listen to them constantly, but now it's, yeah, I get back into them now. It's tough, though, because I just, I mean, I'm like I said, I there's so many good, there's so much good music out there, and there's, I mean, there's those yo-yos, like that fucking piece of shit pussy Adam Levine from Maroon 5 that says rock and roll <laughs> is dead. What the fuck is he talking about? He don't know no shit. Yeah. Well, rock and roll's not as big as it used to be. Yeah, no. I, I get it. Granted. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there's some. There is still bands out there that like Metallica's still out there doing shit. Yeah. Foo Fighters are our American rock and roll band that's still fucking bringing crowds upon crowds upon crowds to their venues. Yeah. It just is few and far between. Just because though. the band, just because a band isn't from the United States, doesn't mean it can't be a yeah. rock and roll band that can still bring the heat. True. You know. I wonder why though there is like a lack of bands though. There is a, there's definitely a, there's less of them than there used to be though. But there's I mean, so many bands that no one even knows. Well, true. Because there's so many genres of music. Of, there's so many subgenres of rock and roll and, and rock and alternative and heavy metal and death metal and speed metal, thrash metal, blah 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 blah. True. So if you're not into that sort of thing, you don't experiment. Experiment. I'm sorry, and, and you know dive into that and dig a little deeper into catalogs. You're not gonna know. True. You know, so I don't. That's why coming from a chooch like fucking Adam Levine, well, yeah. he's not going to know shit. No. Do you think he knows anything about Ghost or fucking Lorna Shaw? And I think I said it in one of the previous podcasts. He's the reason why the music is so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are they even a rock band? No, they're not. They're pop. <laughs> yeah. They're on fucking Kiss 108. Right. Which is a local, which is a station around the country. Yeah, there's Kiss One is Kiss One in Boston. There's Kiss One Away out of New York, Kiss One in L.A., Chicago, yeah, Texas, Austin, Texas. Yeah, you know Anchorage, Alaska. Every market has yeah, their own every Kiss. market. Yeah. Miami, Orlando, they have yeah. their their different versions and their sub sister stations of Kiss. Right. 
So if Maroon 5 is storming, this, storming the castle of KISS radios, stations around the country and world, whatever, that's pop. It's a terrible band name. Maroon, t- what's the origin of Maroon 5? Yeah, I don't care. No, I know. We should do a fucking podcast of Slim and fucking Maroon 5. <laughs> we could. Because I'm so amped up right now about those chooches. <laughs> he sucks, Maroon, Adam Levine is a fucking piece of shit. He's handsome, though. He don't, he is, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Jews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Jews. <laughs> Hey, when we say that, we mean with all respect. Because, I mean, those three Jewish boys from fucking New York City, man, they paved the way, okay? So fuck Adam Levine and fuck Maroon 5. You, you heard, know, it. Do you you know heard what, it here, folks. Do you know what uh, license to, was, they wanted to call it? This goes to show you, though, like the early Beasties had a certain, you know. Image and put, they wanted to portray. Yeah. In sort of tenacity. Right, right. So, yes, enlighten so our listeners now. They wanted license to ill. The, the record company immediately put the kibosh in this. They wanted, to be, wanted it to be called Don't Be a Faggot. <laughs> That was they really wanted it to that, be called. It. And they have a sense to apologize for that, but it just goes to show you how young they were when they started. Like, yeah. I'm bowing right Don't now. Be a I'm like, you can't see me, but I'm bowing. Like, yeah, yeah, bow to the boys right. from Beastie Boys. Right, like that is just so awesome. But it goes to show you how, like, because Yalk like started that whole like free Tibet thing. They became like real socially active later on. Yeah, and like they into, did. like just social causes and say, stuff. Okay, we're not these fucking save know, Tibet punks. free these Tibet New York yeah. Jew punks that. You know, we have no feelings or heart, right? Or we don't care about this or that. So you kind of saw them like develop from like frat boys to like you know socially conscious like artists and stuff. But they were through all that. They were always great. They always flowed. They didn't just. just do, some, do you think some they, of the fans would consider them sellouts? In that um, way, in no, I don't think way? they ever got labeled on with that. Not like when they were not always like, when like Lars and Metallica started sued Napster. Oh yeah, when no. People were smashing and burning their CDs. No, they never really like had a backlash. They were always like critical, like critic darlings and stuff. They always got good reviews and stuff. And they, I don't know the Beasties always had like a respect, you know. And they never really had like a misstep or anything. Always had good albums. They'd come up. They'd usually be a gap, you know, of years in between. You know, like I think Hello Nasty came out in ninety. There was always like a four year gap, five year gap between. Which is fine. Yeah, no, I love that because it, it almost like creates like anticipation. It's like that absence, the hot gross fonder. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and you're dealing with the musical aspect of it. And then when they f- finally came out, they were always great. Even the last one, like uh, the Hot Sauce Committee, like you, you should dig into like uh, or to the Five Boroughs. It was like their tribute to New York and 9/11 yeah. and stuff. I know about that, but yeah. I really. No, no real big hits like uh, like check 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 it out. They had like a few hits on some of those albums, but those are great. You can just get into them. You know, like all the Beasties, it was all consistent. It was always good, always flowed. There's a lot always, of consistency to that group. And they worked on their rhymes. They always had like funny, but like quirky. Yeah, quirky and just weird. Lines. Yeah, that's what. That's why I love them so much. Yeah, because they have that. You know, you don't hear. Anything and any of the lyrics about bitches, hoes, and no, ice, no. bling, right. cars. Maybe the early th- stuff like girls. Yeah, oh, I that, really want is good. That, that was the early. Or Brass Monkey. I love Brass <laughs> yeah, Monkey. He's great. Brass Monkey. That funky monkey. Brass Monkey Junkie. That funkey monkey. Great beat. Yeah. Killer vimes. Right. Killer verses. Good hooks. Like they just fucking, they brought it. They did, they, yeah. They brought it, man. And they had and all different phases, but they were good in every phase. Mad respect to those boys. Yeah, love Rest them. in peace, Adam, of course. So he died in... Uh, 2012? 12. He got diagnosed with like uh, like throat cancer, pituitary gland cancer like that. It's sad. I think he was 47. 50, no, 50... No, he was 40. Well, he would have yeah, been. Yeah, he was 48 or something Yeah, like they were that, all maybe. born in like the mid-60s. So they're all in their you know mid to late 50s. I think Ad-Rock uh, does some acting now. Uh, Mike D is pr- a producer. Forty-seven. I, Forty-seven. Yeah, that was sad because he seemed like a genuinely humble guy. He was kind of like, uh, you know, back in the early days, he was kind of like, you know, a little outspoken and brash. But he definitely became like, I think the drugs got him into <laughs> like s- social stuff. And, and then, you know. and towards like the final like catalog, they um. In 18, 2018, Michael Diamond and Adam Horvitz uh, released a memoir, Beastie Boys book. And then in 2022, last year, uh, they released a documentary. Yeah, I want to check that out. Uh, by Spike Jones. Really good. Oh, Spike Jones did that? Yeah. I wonder where you can find that. Do you know? I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm asking you. I think it's probably on demand. I think you can find it anywhere. It's probably on like uh, Prime. Yeah, I do want to check that out. 
Yeah, I've kind of gotten out of the Beastie Boys in the last few years, but just doing this tonight. And it's uh, filmed at the famous things King's Theater, which I... Oh. You ever been there? No. It's in Brooklyn. Okay. A funny, quick, funny story about that. In 2000 and... I want to say early 2017, I want to say January or February, I drove from my house and I went... I spent a couple of days in Brooklyn. My cousin was living out there at the time. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with her. She was living in this apartment with like eight roommates. And I had to sleep on the couch, but whatever. I drove down to Brooklyn to go see Ghost perform at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. And it's a beautiful theater. Old? And it's older. It it has like that Renaissance feel. No. Like you walk into the statues, there's great carvings and paintings and, and, and just like... It's it's so Renaissance, like the Orpheum in Boston, or even even better, even more yeah, like even more, yeah, lavish and yeah. posh, you know, like right. it's just has it has all those attributes, like the Wang Theater, or something so in it's so yeah, yeah it's yeah. beautiful, and you're like, but this is like in the hood of Brooklyn, yeah, it's not the best part either, no, but I'm telling you, dude, whoever's been there, they know what I'm talking about. It's a beautiful place, a great acoustics. And goes fucking brought it that night. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that documentary so, was filmed at the oh, King's okay, Theater. Oh, okay, cool. I'll get checked so, out. So yeah, yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out as yeah, well. Yeah. If I can find that on Netflix or yeah. Hulu or fucking Prime, I'm sure or, it's out there. Yeah. It's on one of those platforms, I'm sure. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I will definitely be checking that out. I know you'll be checking that out. Definitely. And uh, yeah, so I mean to wrap it up, I yeah. feel like you know my personal opinion. I love the Beastie Boys. I they they such an influence to a lot of. I'm sure. There's a lot of a lot of influence to all genres of hip hop. Oh yeah. Whether it's like, you know, gangster rap, right, you know, soul, R and B and B, that kind of stuff. Right. I'm sure there's a lot of artists that will credit the Beastie Boys to, you know, giving them an influence to get going on their you know, whether it's a particular verse in a song or yeah. a lyric or a word, even a word. Right. Or even a like a sample of their beat. Right. This used it shows you that Beastie Boys were an influence. Right. And um, you haven't really seen a band like that since, really. He had like third bass or something in the 90s. Yeah. But it was like, eh, no, Pop Goes the Weasel, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the Beasties were unique. You probably won't see something like that again, you know. And it's too bad that he did die young, but or young, well, not young, but yeah, middle age. But 47 Before his young, time. Dude. Before his time, certainly. That's your age. You're True. 48, right? True, yeah. And I'm fucking 37 almost, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, it makes you fucking Younger. think. Youngish, yeah. Yeah, it makes you fucking think, bro. Yeah, I know. Bruh. I know. Bruh. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm saying? She. She, man. <laughs> but yeah, with that said, I mean, to wrap it up, what is, and you could sum it up in a few words, a few moments, what the BC boys mean to you? What, like, just like, to your, like, music loving self? Just perfect hip hop to me. Yeah. My kind of hip hop. That's, that's it. That's my style of hip hop. That's it. That's the best, I, the best way I could have put it yeah. myself. Yep. Just good vibes, funny, yep. the perfect mix of funny, clever, clever witty, humor, witty, flowing, just perfect. And I'm going to listen to some tonight. Substance. Substance. They held substance they did. to all their they shit. Did. They did. Everything was, was thought out. And held weight, yo. And they never really, you know, never embarrassed themselves too much, you know, maybe in the early yeah, they days. They did. That was fun fuck. stuff. It was like, it yeah. was fun. Yeah. Fun exactly. loving. I don't know. I think just, uh, just like the epitome of like New York, Brooklyn. Just a just a New York vibe to it, just perfect. Yeah, dude, perfect. And I and I do wish they. Uh, I, I'm thinking about it now. I wish they would. They should do something. I think the surviving. I think Ad Rock and uh, Michael Mike. Diamond. Well, Ad Rock and something. Mike Diamond, if you listen to this or happen yeah. to listen to this, please yeah. do us people who love you a favor. Put something fresh out. Yeah, I don't care if it's like a EP of Not like even four or five album. songs. Yeah. Right, do something like we're dying for it. Right, we need, the world needs it. Yeah, I think yeah. this time of hatred and disbelief and and, and turmoil, we need it. Right, and so, call it something else if you don't want to call it. The yeah, Boys. call yeah. it like a, just that. to make a, a subplot of it. Retire that name. Yeah, yeah. Put that. that you're already in the hall. You're already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. 2011. So, yeah. 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 So just do it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So well, hey, we did it. Yes, Another sir. podcast in the books. Yes. We um I want to thank you, my co host Mellow Maddie, for a nuts nice riveting conversation. Right back at you, Metal. And um I, I think feel like I speak, speak of the Volpus. I want to thank you solely from the bottom of my heart to our listeners that, you know, especially to our listeners that love the Pixie uh, pod, Pixies podcast. Huge nineties, you know, alternative stuff we did back in the day about a couple months ago. Yeah. That's our, you know, number one uh, most downloaded uh, listened to podcast. By far. And uh, we thank you for that support and we hope that you can get behind us on other uh, topics of 
in our episodes of podcasts. Like I said, this is number 18. And um, to promote our sister podcast, it's called M&M's Variety Pack. Uh, we have one out. We're working on the second one. Hopefully soon we'll bring it to a podcast platforms near you. So uh, check it out. It's called, again, M&M's Variety Pack. We talk about anything and everything. Most basically it doesn't have to do with music. But there are some music influences and some yeah. music topics in there. That has to do in movies or in sports or in pop culture. It's a little more free form. But it's mostly free form. Like yeah. I said, we talk about all, anything in sports. We talk about anything in uh, movies, pop culture, you know, a particular diet that people, a fad that people right. are doing, right. or workout. Maybe we'll talk about proper workouts, yeah. squats, yeah, lunges, we do that. anything, stuff sure. like that. We do right. stuff like that. Like, because, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to bring a different feel and a different a vibe to uh, a broader spectrum of topics right. that we can't talk about just in metal and whether it's rock, classic, right. we don't want to be pigeonholed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So with that said, one last time, MMS Variety Pack, check it out on all pod, pod, I'm sorry, podcast platforms near you. And uh, sooner or later, we'll have episode 19, and I think we're going to be doing um, another uh, like 90s alternative we theme. Will. And we'll mention yes. some more Pixies and bands that derived in that era. Right. But we'll keep it mostly 90s alternative. Alt. And I think that'll be, that'll be the next one we, we focus on, for episode 19. That sounds good. So with that said, I want to thank you. We appreciate your support. We love you. Take care of yourselves. And listen to us next time. Peace out, yo.